Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about the difference between tipping your hat and tipping your hand, and an especially meaty middle about the seemingly illogical phrase, yeah, no. Keith, one of our regular listeners, wrote in recently to ask about two similar idioms. He wasn't sure about the difference between tip your hand and tip your hat. Keith, here's the story. To tip your hat means acknowledge something that someone else did. You might tip your hat to the football coach who suggested a winning play, or tip your hat to your dad if he made an extra delicious dinner. This expression dates all the way back to the 1600s, when it was customary for men to wear hats when they were outside the home. You would tip your hat, that is, touch your hand to the brim, or lift the whole thing off your head, to greet someone or acknowledge their presence. You'd also take off your hat completely when you entered a building or sat down to eat, as a way of showing respect. As John Donne put it in one of his poems, When thou meetest one, raise thy formal hat. A variation of this phrase is hats off to, as in hats off to Susie, our employee of the month. And it's related to the expression hat in hand. If you go to someone hat in hand, you approach them with extreme deference, usually to ask for a favor or beg for charity. Your hat would be in your hand as a sign of respect and submission. Now let's look at our next idiom. To tip your hand means to accidentally reveal your intentions before you mean to. For example, you might tip your hand if you let a real estate agent know how much you love the house you're looking at. Now they know that if you try to negotiate on price, they can just hold firm and you won't walk away. This expression was first seen in the early 1900s, when it was sometimes expressed as tip your mitt. It's believed to have come from card games, where if you tip your hand too far forward, you'd expose your cards to the opposing player. Doing so would be the exact opposite of playing things close to the vest, another expression that comes from card games. It means to reveal almost nothing of your thoughts or strategy. You can picture a player literally holding their cards right by their chest so no one else could see them. So that's your tidbit for today. To tip your hat is to acknowledge someone's accomplishment or status. To tip your hand means to accidentally reveal your intentions. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. 
You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Thanks to Keith for the question, and also thanks this week to Corinthia, who listens while she swims, and Jason, who usually listens walking around a lake on the Gold Coast in Australia, but sent me a photo he took while listening on holiday on the Isle of Pines in the South Pacific. I'm actually working on setting up a voicemail line, so in the near future, you should be able to call and tell me where you listen in your own voice. I had that when I first started the podcast more than 12 years ago, but at some point it fell by the wayside, and it feels like it's time to start it up again. What part of No Don't You Understand? Some of you may remember a song with this title released by Lori Morgan in 1992. Others of you have probably read it on a t-shirt or two. You may have even said it yourself, or maybe someone has said it to you. It's funny because the word no isn't made up of smaller parts. Sure, there's the consonant N and the vowel O, but by themselves they don't mean anything. The idea is that no is as simple as it gets, and if you can't understand even that much, there's no hope for you. But when you listen closer to the ways that English speakers use the word no, the picture turns out to be a little bit more complicated. This becomes especially apparent when someone uses no right next to a word that seems to have the opposite meaning. Yeah. Here's an example that I collected from YouTube through the website Youglish, which allows you to search for specific words in their corpus of YouTube videos. In this clip, movie director Brad Bird and television producer Damon Lindelof are talking about the possibility of someone making a sequel to the movie E.T., do I need? Thank God Spielberg has made sure that hasn't happened. Yeah, no, it's great, and yeah, it's just protecting that one. So, you know? so if a movie was great, then and there isn't a sequel by now, um, there probably shouldn't be. Lindelof shows that he agrees with Bird's sentiment by saying, "Yeah." So, what is a no doing in that sentence? Here's another YouTube example. In this one, Harvard professor Michael Puitt is taking questions from an audience about his lecture on Chinese philosophy. Sort of, how do you yeah. how do you take that jump from like hermit uh, to yeah. joyousness? Yeah, no, it's a great question. In this example, it's not even clear why Puitt said yeah, let alone put a no after it. Here's one more example. In this one, actor Peter Shear is being interviewed and has been asked about some of his upcoming online shows. He's talking about a show title that we don't need to include in the clip. And here's what he says. Google that, and it was like, all of a sudden, <laughs> a world has opened up that you can never close the door to. Right. Um, but yeah, no, and, 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 I was, uh, and I recently just finished doing... Again, it's hard to say what job the no is doing and why it seems to go so well with the yeah right before it. This teaming up of yeah and no has been catching the attention of linguists and writers for almost 20 years. In 2002, Kate Burridge and Margaret Flory published a paper in the Australian Journal of Linguistics titled, Yeah, No, He's a Great Kid, and found that in Australian English, it was mostly speakers between the ages of 35 and 49 who said it. Adding 16 years, that would mean speakers between 51 and 65 these days. But the fact that Burridge and Flory found it wasn't the youngest speakers who said yeah, no the most 
is interesting. It means that this collocation didn't start with the youngest generation, and that's not usually how language change happens. Burridge and Flory note that sometimes using both a yeah and a no is pretty straightforward. It happens, quote, where there's general agreement, but where the response is negative, unquote. Here's another example from YouTube to illustrate. This is from a lecture by world traveler and skier Chris Cook, who was born with no arms or legs. In this clip, he's answering a question from a member of the audience. When you travel cross-country, there hasn't been any ever any need for fingerprinting or fingerprint, yeah. I yeah, no, I've I haven't had any issues. Cook could have just answered, No, I haven't had any issues. But this might have been a little confusing because Cook is actually answering the audience member's question with a yes. The audience member wants to confirm that Cook hasn't had any trouble with being fingerprinted. And Cook is saying, yes, this is true. So to prevent any confusion, Cook puts a yeah at the beginning of his response. However, this doesn't help us explain the other examples of yeah, no, we heard. To tackle these, our guide will be a 2011 analysis by Russell Lee Goldman in the Journal of Pragmatics. By the way, if you want to hear more about Burridge and Flory's paper, it's been summarized really well in an episode of the Lexicon Valley podcast from 2013. So I'll link to that episode in the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. Lee Goldman tackles yeah, no by looking at the functions that no performs by itself and then asking, which of those functions no can also perform when it gets put together with a yeah? Of course, the most easily identified functions of no are to answer a yes-no question with a no, or to refuse a suggestion, request, or demand. However, they're not the only ones. For example, there's what Lee Goldman calls turn negation no, This is the no you get when two people start to speak at the same time, then stop, and one of them says something like, no, go ahead, to invite the other one to take the next turn in the conversation. It doesn't seem to be negating anything, but English speakers definitely do say it in situations like this. Lee Goldman identifies two other functions that no performs, and these are the ones that we find when it partners with yeah. What's more, he says that both of these functions actually do involve some kind of negation. The tricky part is that they're negating something that's unspoken. One of these functions is what Lee Goldman calls the misunderstanding no. The earlier example about the E.T. sequel illustrates this. Brad Bird is happy that Steven Spielberg hasn't allowed anyone to make a sequel to E.T., Damon Lindelof says yeah to indicate his agreement, and then says no, it's great. What exactly is he negating? Lee Goldman would argue that Lindelof is rejecting an assumption he thinks Bird has. What is that assumption? It's the assumption that he doesn't agree with Bird. What reason would Lindelof have for believing that Bird thinks this? Well, maybe the fact that Bird expressed his opinion out loud. Typically, things you express out loud are things you think your conversation partner doesn't already know. So with this in mind, Lindelof's response isn't just indicating that he agrees with Bird, 
He's saying that this is an opinion he already held, not one that Bird has convinced him of. We can analyze the example of, yeah, no, it's a great question, in a similar way. We've probably all had times when we wanted to ask a question, but were afraid it was a stupid question, especially when we're asking that question to a well-known expert. The speaker in the clip, Professor Puitt, knows that probably a lot of the members of his audience have this fear. So when he says, no, it's a great question, he's emphatically rejecting the notion that the question is stupid. And as for the yeah, it's not so much indicating agreement as acknowledging the question. In fact, it seems to me that even turn negation no can be seen as a rejection of an assumption. Both speakers are silent, each waiting for the other to speak. Each one is assuming the other one wants to take the next turn. Saying no, go ahead, tells your conversation partner that you don't intend to go next, which clears the way for them to speak. The other function of no that Lee Goldman identifies is topic-shifting no. Other words can do this too, such as well and anyway, but no is more specialized. It can't be used to shift to any old topic. It has to signal a return to an earlier topic in the conversation. Lee Goldman provides an example of this kind of topic shift in a transcribed conversation where one conversational topic has run dry, and one of the speakers changes the subject back to something he had started to ask about earlier, baseball. He says, But anyway, no, I was just wondering about the Southeastern Conference tournament that's going on this weekend. Our YouTube example with Paul Shear is another good example of topic-shifting no. A couple of minutes earlier in the conversation, the interviewer asked Shear what new digital projects he was working on. Shear talked about one of his current projects and then went on a tangent, telling about a rather suggestive rejected title for a show. In the part we heard in the audio clip, he's joking about the kind of results that would turn up instead of his online show if someone were to search the internet for that title. Then, when he's ready to get serious again, he says, but yeah, no, and goes on to talk more about the project. Lee Goldman calls this the serious no, but he observes that it's actually just a special case of shifting the topic back to an earlier topic. It signals that we're moving away from the current joking topic back to the serious version of that same topic. As for the yeah, once again, it's just a way to acknowledge that you've heard what the other speaker said and are taking it seriously. So we've seen two examples of the topic shifting now. But again, what exactly is being negated? Lee Goldman argues that this is an even more abstract negation. Specifically, a speaker who uses no to return to an earlier topic is telling the listener that what comes next is not logically connected with what came before it. All well and good, but why does it have to be an old topic that we shift to with no? Why can't no be used for any subject change the way that anyway can? This may just be the lingering effect from the older uses of no to answer a question or correct an error— because doing these things requires that no be tied to something that came earlier in a discourse. Before wrapping up, we should mention another kind of situation that you may have encountered in which yeah is followed by a no. I heard a good example a couple of weeks ago 
when Aardvark was enjoying a bag of salted caramel candies. He said that Squiggly really ought to try some, that the sea salt added just the right balance to the sweetness of the caramel. To which Squiggly, our beloved yellow snail, replied, yeah, no. This kind of yeah, no is not the same kind that we've had in our earlier examples. First of all, notice that the intonation of this yeah, no is very different from the other ones we've heard. Second, notice that this yeah, no can stand alone as an acceptable response to Aardvark's suggestion. It doesn't have to be followed by a full sentence like misunderstanding no and topic shift no do. What we have here is basically the yeah of acknowledgement that we've already talked about, paired with the ordinary no that refuses a suggestion. The characteristic pause between the yeah and the no is where the speaker is considering the suggestion, or at least pretending to consider it, before arriving at the final answer of no. This snail does not want any salt. Thank you. So the power of no goes beyond simple negations and refusals. It can help you agree on whose turn it is to talk, push back against a misconception, and get a conversation back on track. I hope this segment has helped you to know your nose. That segment was written by Neil Whitman, an independent PhD linguist who blogs at literalminded.wordpress.com. You can also find him on Twitter as literalminded. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl, and this podcast is produced by audio master Nathan Sams with editorial support from Joe Muscolino. You can find thousands of other articles and the other Quick and Dirty Tips podcasters at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.